Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 26th, and our reading comes from Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 17, Paul says this, With the Lord's authority, I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Now, Paul begins by describing this godless life. And when he mentions the Gentiles here, it's because they don't have the same spiritual, theological, God background and heritage that the Jews do. Now, all of us are created in God's image. All of us are created for the kingdom. And so we long for life. However, when we don't know God and we're living independently, when we're not willing to submit to him, then we try to find life. We try to find the kingdom. We try to find what we're created for in this world. Well, the problem is it never really satisfies. So we continue to to search and to reach for more. And usually that leads us into all kinds of, of immorality where our life is consumed by trying to find pleasure to satisfy the longings of our heart that really are God-given and legitimate. We're just looking in the wrong places for that satisfaction. And he says here that they have closed their minds and hearts against him. So often the issue is we don't want to submit ourselves to God. And so part of the secret to your freedom is believing God is good and you can trust him. So I want to submit to him. I want to follow him. I want to pursue the life that Jesus came and died to offer me. And all of that begins with this trust that God is good and what he's offering me really is better than my life of independence and immorality. And when a person's not convinced of that, it's very difficult for them to submit themselves and to pursue the abundant life that Christ came to offer us. So watch what he says this next, beginning in verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, one of the things that's true about the Apostle Paul, you remember For the last few days, we went through the book of Galatians where Paul is defending the gospel. We are made right with God by grace through faith plus nothing. And because people have read and heard about the message of grace, often they accuse Paul of not caring about holiness. But in this passage, Paul makes it very clear. We're throwing off our old life of independence and sin and lust, and we are putting on the new man. We are pursuing holiness and righteous 
living. So Paul's not compromising morally or ethically. Paul is inviting us into a holy life. Why? Not just so that we can walk around saying we're holy and we're religious or we're more moral than the next guy, because this is the life we were created for. And this life blesses us, this life honors God, and this life allows us to be a blessing to everybody around us. And then he gets pretty specific. He gives some examples of what we need to lay down now that we're following Jesus. So in verse 25, he says, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold for the devil. So the first two things he mentions is being truthful. So I think it's important for us to examine our own hearts as we go through this, these next few verses. Are we telling the truth? Are we honest about our past? Do we exaggerate our accomplishments? Do we make up things to look good in front of others? Do we fudge on the truth in order to protect ourselves? You know, the truth is a half truth is a lie. And Paul is saying, man, we need to be truthful. Then he says, we've got to be careful about anger, not to allow anger to control us, not to allow our the sun to go down on our anger. In other words, anger is an emotion and sometimes We get angry, but just because I'm angry doesn't mean I have to sin. And just because I'm angry doesn't mean anger is something I should hang on to for days, much less years. I need to settle it, right? So anger is an emotion that says, hey, pay attention, something's wrong in this relationship. So anger simply creates an opportunity for me to work on the relationship and strengthen and address whatever's producing that anger. And I want to do that quickly. I don't want the sun to go down on it. I don't want to sit on it and let it fester in my heart and give the devil an opportunity to to produce all kinds of evil in me. Man, I want to settle that anger. I want to restore this relationship as quickly as possible. Then he says this, verse 28, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to those who are in need. So we need to be careful that we're not stealing. We're not stealing from the government. We're not stealing from our workplace. We're not stealing from God sometimes. We're not stealing from anybody, but we are being good stewards of what's been trusted with us financially, that we're working hard, we're earning a living, we're living within our means so that we can give and help those who are in need, which is what he mentions here. Then he says, verse 29, let no foul or abusive language come out of your mouth. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Man, this is one of the easiest things and the most powerful things we can do is just use our words regularly to encourage, to build up, to bless the people around us and to be careful that we don't get caught up using a foul and a a language. In other words, a, a lot of cussing. And it's not that as believers, you might make the argument that a cuss word's no different than any other word, and that I'm free as a Christian to use that word, and, and it doesn't really mean anything. Well, that's that's probably true, except those who hear you using foul language will question 
your spiritual maturity and it hurts your witness. So that's why it's important. And secondly, I don't want to use my words in an abusive way, especially if I'm in a position of power. I don't want to use my words to hurt, to attack, to tear down, to to hurt the people around me. I want to use my words to encourage and to build up and to strengthen. And when you're in a position of power in particular, your words of encouragement, man, they have the power to change people's lives. I mean, think about your own life. We both, I'm. this is true for me too. I can look back on my life and see a handful of people whose simple words at an important moment of my life had a profound impact on me. And the same thing can be true for you. Then verse 30. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own. Guarantee that you are saved on the day of redemption. So just remember, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And what Paul is describing here, we have the ability to follow the Spirit and do what is right and live in holiness and obey God, which again, blesses us, blesses God, and blesses everybody in our life. Or we can ignore, we can grieve We can disregard the Spirit, and that leads us into a life of immorality and destruction. So he says, man, follow the Spirit. Then finally, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Man, what a great word for our culture today. There's a a lot, a large percentage of our culture that could be described today as bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Man, let's not get caught up in that. Let's use our words to build up. Let's love people. Let's forgive people. Let's seek reconciliation. Let's point people to Jesus and not get caught up in the temper tantrum that we see out in our culture. Now, here's an important final question. How do we learn to live this way? Well, let me give you a couple things to think about. Number one, because I've been so loved by God, I want to love other people. So I need to grow in my understanding of God's love for me, which we saw in the first part of the book of Ephesians, right? So that I can extend that same love to others. In fact, John says it this way, because God loved us, we love God. And because God loved us, we love each other, right? And so that needs to be my motivation. It's God's love for me. Second, I need to stand on the truth, realizing that what God is inviting me into is what is best for me. It allows me to experience my best life, allows my relationships to flourish, allows me to live feeling great about myself because I'm a man of integrity, because I'm doing what is right, because I'm serving and blessing other people. And so when you live that way, you feel strong and clean. It feels great. When we live for ourselves and we're using other people to try to satisfy our lust, we feel weak and pathetic and shameful, right? So really, God's inviting us into a much better way to live. Third, we need to understand our purpose. Remember, if our purpose is to build the kingdom, then the way we live, our behavior, has a dramatic impact on our ability to lead people around us into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And then finally, 
He mentions God's presence. When we live this way, we have a growing awareness of God's presence, a growing capacity to hear and to follow His voice. And it's such a beautiful way to live. Man, Paul here is inviting us as believers into new life. Father, thank you so much for every person listening. And God, our heart is to live in such a way that we would bless and honor you and we would bless everybody around us. God, I pray that you would help us all to crucify our old sinful nature and behaviors, to lay aside lying and stealing and anger and all of these things that Paul has addressed here. God, we want to crucify our sinful nature, crucify our sinful behavior. We invite you to do that in us. And God, we want to embrace this new life. God, we want to live in holiness. We want to live in a way that honors you and blesses us and the people around us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us today. Lead us today. Help us, God, to understand your love for us. Help us today to see and and to stand on the truth. God, help us today to live strong and to be led by your spirit, your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I hope that encourages you. Thanks for being with me again today. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.